Good morning, people of the internet. You are listening to Debbie Radio 79.5 FM, a podcast where we discuss the movie Gross Point Blank, one minute at a time. I am your co-host, Hugh David. I'm your other co-host, Dev Sodiger. And on today's show, we are going to be looking at Minute 50. That's right. It's a Friday. It's the end of the week. We have Leslie Byron Pitt, podcaster and film critic, back for one last time this week. Although rumor has it we might be getting you back for a future week as well if we can if we can make it work so that'll be good but welcome back leslie thanks thanks a lot thanks for having me it's been great it's really really good fun (laughs) i'm glad you think that way considering we're hoping to have you back again (laughs) (laughs) and what better thing to leave you on than a bathroom scene because everybody (laughs) loves a good bathroom scene what so I had I had to I tried to somebody asked me about this ages ago about why do all thrillers particularly with male lead characters have to have confrontations in, in bathrooms and I was like I don't think it's I don't think that's the way around it's supposed to be I think it's always a question of where do where are men going to go and end up talking to each other do you know what I mean I don't think the logic I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. No, no, no. You seem, how... I think that's. I think that's a good point. Like you got to look at it that way. But how often do men actually have conversations in the bathroom with each other, or with people they know, or with people they don't know? Any and all of the above. I feel like that is not something that I do. No, you don't. I'm pretty sure you're not. That, that that's not you. But I, I have. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you and I have done it. Yeah. At the pub. Yeah. And uh, over the years, with when I'm at, when I, when you're out with mates, you go to the, you go to, you're in the loo. So one of your mates comes in, yeah, and you you start talking, and you know you, they finish while you're washing hands, and off you go. But also, um, I have had weird conversations, particularly in the when I used to drink when I was very drunk with other drunks. It happens. Yeah. It's just yeah. a thing. Then they're not this London. kind of conversation. No, no, no. But then this is a whole different thing. This is this is a like. Where else would you set this conversation? That's the other thing, because this is obviously a turning point in the plot. This is a key moment. This is where we realise how you know, we are bringing home the threat of Martin's life and, and his life outside of Gross Point right there, right into the club in the very moment where he's just been in this bubble with Debbie and enjoying himself. And he seems like he's been relaxed. Actually, he's no, he knows that they're there. He's yeah. clocked them. Even yeah. if we haven't been shown that. Yeah, that's, uh-huh. that's true. I think for me, this conversation would have happened out in the beer garden with a cigarette. Mm. Yeah. That Which doesn't happen in the US. Or... Yeah. 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 Um, it's not this kind of place. Obviously, it's a movie, so you're never going to have casual mm. cigarette usage in that in that manner except apparently marcella in a few scenes time which i think is purely for comedic <laughs> effect but is choice um, plus also america they have this weird thing of having studio sets of toilets usually built for another film or tv show and they're ready to go because um, <laughs> when i first went to australia in 2001 uh they just opened a uh tourist side to fox studios because fox had finally got together with whatever they called down the um oh village roadshow um just after the matrix and so and they were opening up studios there to do cheaper filming and stuff and all of that and um i was in sydney and we went to my friend will and i went to this place we went to the studios and we did the tour and it was a very very small tour because they'd only got like 
a handful of sets over from the States of Fox stuff. And then all the films that they wanted to show, they couldn't because they were actually happening. Moulin Rouge was literally being filmed while we were there. We saw like a big gate saying, do not enter and stuff. Um, but one of the sets, were, we, the reason we went, we went because they'd moved um, Mulder's first office from the first five years of the X-Files within Vancouver. They'd put that set there. And we were total X-Files fans. So we got to actually sit where Mulder sat and all that kind of thing. But then they, me being an NYPD Blue fan, they actually had the, main, the men's toilets <laughs> from, from the station house. Because so much of that show, the guys have conversations in the loo, and the loo became a real part of the whole you know, vibe of NYPD Blue was like you're watching a mainstream TV show in which there's a to- there's toilets and you see guys go to the loo and stuff and people talk in that place. Um, and I just suddenly realised, and, and then I realised how many times have I seen this loo in other productions? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's, a, it's 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 yeah, it's it's also like a production thing as well. It's like I'm sure they built it purpose built. But then again, maybe not. Maybe they went to a location. A lot of Armitage shots. He does seem to rely far more on location than studio builds. And again, you know what? Um, I might dig around. I've got a couple of places I know I can go looking. I'll see if I can find anybody who worked on this show, on the production, and see if we can get some questions answered about production build and stuff. I'd be really interested to know. I mean, I think, you know, when you've got a talented location scout, you can probably shoot cheaper if you're going on location than building sets. It's definitely not always true, especially if you're trying to hit, you know, the super highlight uh, locations in in LA at this point, or you know, obviously, if you travel outside of that golden whatever it is thirty mile radius of uh, downtown Hollywood, that then yeah. causes increased travel fees for everybody or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, it's this weird thing because at different times in different econ- different eras of the economy, you know, shooting outside versus indoors has varied. There are times when it's been cheaper to do it in studio. Yeah. It's been cheaper to just build oh. it because you control the lighting, yeah. you control everything. And then there are other times where it's cheaper to go out on occasion, you know. And um, and the style of movie will have a huge impact on that yeah. as well, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Know. And this whole 90s era is very much kind of, let's be a bit more raw, let's be a bit more real, let's be like, yeah. you know, go and yeah. shoot it when it where it's supposed to be happening. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of this movie that is kind of, you know, TV caliber rather than big screen movie caliber, right? Like it's... Mm. It's it is a little bit more low key. It's a bit more jobbing than showcase. Have you guys? Have either of you guys ever come across anyone? I'm trying to think of all the reviews I've read over the years, comments. Anyone who's actually described this film as being a bit TV like? Because I can see, I know that criticism has been leveled at various thrillers of the '90s, but I, I just don't remember this one having it. I wouldn't say it's TV like, but mm. there is so. But you. When you look at the film, Mitch Mitchell Ryan's in there, Hank Azaria's in there. He's in this moment. Um, uh, uh, Kay Freeman's in in there, and I think what happens is you've got television actors uh, in okay. there, yeah, which kind of gives that element of oh well, I know this guy's from television, and they kind of they kind of pad out and bulk up the movie. And this, right. a Mini Driver isn't famous yet, so therefore there's that kind of unknown quantity aspect there. Mm. Um, all the Cusacks are in it, so, so therefore there's that element of, you know, you Bill Cusack's a waiter in there. Like, so there's yeah, all this I mean, element of... Do you think they worked for, like, you know, Thanksgiving dinner? Or... <laughs> well, well, that's it. I mean, 
you, you can do, I think when it's interesting when people kind of use uh, aim the idea of televisual at things, um, often because it's just like, right, okay, well, I keep seeing the same locations again and again and again. They seem to be reusing them and not in any other way other than that's where the only way, place they can kind of film, it seems. Um, mm. But I mean, it's interesting you guys bring this, uh, bring that stuff up because I mean, we're talking, we're talking about everything being situated in the toilet for this one moment. <laughs> um, but then you look at other, you look at other filmmakers and I, I was recently writing about um, the counselor and looking, oh, looking at the extras and everything. So and, good. That film. It's the most American film that is not filmed in America. It's filmed in London. It's filmed in Spain. And it's filmed in all these places. So there is this element of, and it looks grandiose because that's what really wants it to look like. He wanted to look kind of with vistas and, and all that sort of thing. So I think sometimes it just depends on what the director is trying to put across. I mean, I think it's really interesting going back to Miami Blues that's also a film that has got a cinematic feel to it, but it doesn't really go many places. Yeah. It's, it's all kind of situated in one thing. And I, and I feel the same here. I mean, the explosion, the explosion, what we were dealing with in the minutes at the beginning of the week, you couldn't really do that in TV at that time. It doesn't mm. feel like that. And you look at the coverage of it as well. It mm. doesn't feel. <clears throat> that's doesn't true. Feel that's but then you do have a situation where it's like, actually, we need to kind of move the story along. Where are these people going to be? So, yeah, we're going to put mm. them in the bathroom. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, and, but also, I think it works because then you get that, you get the um, the end of this minute where you get the gag and Dan Aykroyd pops out of nowhere and, and, and kind of goes, what's going on? Blah, 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 blah. And, I don't, and again, like, where would you situate that? How would you do it? Yeah, because you need yeah. Aykroyd to be hiding somewhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If this was just on the street after Debbie had left, and he knocks on their car window or something, that that doesn't pull off, right? Pull Not off. quite in the same yeah. way. It would be you could you could still do it that way. Yeah, but it wouldn't be quite the same thing, and also it wouldn't be. Uh, yeah, it just yeah, different vibe. That would be more like the TV vibe, you know. That would be like Kojak or something, you know. Well, look right. at we'll look we'll look at where we are today now. With everything being able to be done on a phone, like you get the feeling that mm. you know you wouldn't you wouldn't even get that Dan Aykroyd gag. You just he'd be on the phone. He'd ring up and go, "What's going on?" Mm. Like mm. you you can sense that, but then it would depend on again. I think it depends on sense sensibilities of filmmakers as well. Mm. I think I think with Armitage, he really has an eye for comedy and pacing and everything else like that and when you look at this minute you see he comes in like John Cusack comes in talks about what's going on with his day and everything else like that and you and the audience don't think he knows mm. they, that he knows who they are but it's only when he leaves he turns around and switches it on them going well I'm going to be here I'm going to be doing this and everything else like that and that's one gag in itself and that's a nice revelation there mm. and then you get another revelation mm. of Dan Aykroyd coming out and going what's mm. going on blah 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 because he ha- obviously hasn't heard that little bit of conversation and it mm. it works twofold and I think it 
the see the that moment is actually quite clever and yeah. nicely well put together. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I do think there's a there's also a sense of hint, a hint at, uh, at danger and reminding you just how you know the the threat that these guys pose because we we so far it's as you, we've said in a previous episode it's been very comedic when these guys turn up. Yeah. And the way they've yeah. relaxed and phoned into the radio and everything, it's all been very, very, you know, comedic. And we have we need to remember that these guys are gen you know, they can kill with impunity. They are government sanctioned. Yes. Yeah. And that actually I sometimes wonder if they would have like not just finished Martin off right there in the in there, but would they have gone out and taken care of Debbie for you know, because he know he, he she's a witness, she knows who he is, you know, that kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like you yeah. worry that there's a scale here and actually <clears throat> that's what this scene does, comedic though it is, it brings us back to that moment and mm. the acrid is is the reinforcement, you know? The it's reinforcement. a reinforcement of reality again. Yeah. Of, of Martin's world. Like yeah. seeing the, the the minute before it was it was um Amy, this minute now it's these guys, and it's just it's quite interesting that there is this story that Martin kind of wants, and he's not sure if he wants it, and it's constantly being punctuated by other forces and much like all this movie, it's kind of turning around going, like these guys may be like government operatives but also this guy has to go back to a fate worse than death is going back to a reunion with all these assholes that he knows and everything else like that. Um, and I think that's quite funny. I think it's quite funny that he, they're kind of measuring everything up in the same, <laughs> as, as, as almost the same. Um, I think that's, it's, I think it's a, a wonderful trick of the film to turn around and be like, yes, these guys are dangerous, but also are they as dangerous as Amy that you've just met before? <laughs> well, annoying, definitely. <laughs> I apologise for um, for swearing there, so yeah. but <laughs> So I, Dev's a great producer, he'll sort of... <laughs> Um, okay. Anything else? Do in we this have? Guys? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I, I, oh, one last thing. Uh, as we hit the end of the minute, the line of dialogue, a grocer says, "What's the problem here? You guys on an alley, right?" And this just reinforces <laughs> that thing we said in earlier episodes about the class system here. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's dressed yeah. in his working class, you know, bomber jacket and shirt and uh, also windbreaker, rather, shirt and, and, and pants. And they're in their suits, their shabby, slightly shabby suits, you know, <laughs> and they've made a decision and he thinks he's the one in charge, not them. It's it's freelancer. It's yeah, freelancer yeah. And uh, big business all the time. Yeah, exactly. Really freelancer great. and the government. And he's like, guys, and I love it. I love it. That, that That's how this film does so much with so little there's a yeah. one line but it illustrates everything about who they are what's yeah. going on how they relate right and it's it's not the individual moral bankruptcy of milking the hours right no it's the it's the corporate moral bankruptcy of bureaucracy the governmental yes. bureaucracy right like it's it's the same net effect right like yeah. i have to it has to comply with x y and z mm. and this that, is what makes this even funny like you i'm sorry to butt in but we now realise why they're in a the toilet. They're, they're, they're time thieves. <laughs> they're literally time thieves. They are, they are going to toilet 
on their boss's dime. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I pooped and, a couple and, of times. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, a very, it's a very funny thing if you think of it like that. But also, given they've been on a stakeout in the car all this time, this is probably the one time they've got a chance to actually go into an actual toilet instead of using like a can or a bottle or something. And they're probably like, "Yeah, we know he's not going anywhere because of that broad. We're going to take a take a minute." <laughs> oh, all right. So yeah, that's where the minute ends. This was minute fifty of the Gross Point Blank podcast, Debbie Radio seventy nine point five FM, featuring your hosts, co writers, and co producers, myself, Dev Sodiger, and my buddy Hugh David. Today's guest and all this week has been Leslie Byron Pitt, uh, film co- film critic, broadcaster, podcaster. Les, where can people find you if they want to talk online? I'm in a multitude of places. So you find me on social media under the uh, under the name Afro Film Viewer. Um, mm-hmm. You can find my uh, blo- uh, uh, sparsely updated blog, which is uh, afrofilmviewer.blogspot.com. Um, you can find me at um, the podcast Fatal Attractions. Um, it's a Fatal Attractions podcast about erotic thrillers and what we love about them and hate about them. Um, and uh, we, I am also um, on a hiatus podcast called Hustlers of Culture with you. And um, <laughs> <laughs> the episodes are still. This is up. your way of saying we need to start again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying the episodes are still up. And if That's true. Them, yeah. Yeah, you can, can find them at Acast. Uh, you can find yeah. them at Acast. Um, and hopefully I'll be back on this one again. So, yeah. Fantastic. We Can't would love to have, to you, have back. you back. All right, then. And you can find us at All Good Podcast Players, including the one you're listening to us on. Also on YouTube, if you want to actually see what we look like, Twitter, aka X, and Spotify. And in all cases, our handle is at Debbie Radio, D-E-B-I Radio. Finally, come to our website to check out for more details and more information. That is DebbieRadio.com. And for all of those things, once more, D-E-B-I Radio. And if you want to chat with us about this film or movies in general, join us on our Facebook listeners group, Debbie Radio 79.5 FM Fan Club. Sure was clear that all of this was new. Concentrating hard like a little girl smoking for the first time. It wasn't a moment. It was a feeling of moving back I've had nothing like it since And oh, where did it, where did it go?